0: You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week seven of Sacred Rhythms on the topic of prayer. All right, good morning again. We're going to get started. So we had a great time away at the conference, but it's good to be back. It's always good to be home with you guys. Um, And today concludes our unit on prayer. So, we started off with a foundational understanding of what prayer even is. So, can you fill in the blanks from this definition? What's the first one? Guys, you're flunking the pop quiz. Communication, Communication, right. Communication with God in response to him, right. Yes. Okay, and remember we also talked about different types of prayer, the fruit salad. I mean, how could you forget that, right? <laughs> it was so weird. And then last uh, week, Cindy walked you through praying in response to what God reveals in his word. So coming in line with him changes us if just as much, if not more so than the situation we may be praying for in the first place. And remember, the purpose of training ourselves in prayer is the same as all the other spiritual disciplines. It's to grow in holiness Okay? Closeness and conformity to Christ. This is exactly what Cindy was explaining last week. So that closeness or intimacy with God that we desire requires communication. I mean, think about the family member or friend that you communicate with most frequently. Who is blowing up your cell phone? Okay, these are the people that you know really well. You've had so much time in with them that you know how they think. You know what they love. You know how they're going to react to something. And it's not so different than our relationship with God. And I hope it's also been solidified in your mind right now that growing in holiness means you're going to have to change. Like, that is what sanctification is, okay? We don't just suddenly wake up one day and find ourselves super mature and obedient to the Lord. This is a process. Young? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still waiting? <laughs> oh, yes, we press on. Um, so sanctification. Like <laughs> 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 but sanctification, um, as you may have experienced, is often a painful process, right? Done by the hand of a loving Father. He loves you too much to leave you as you are. Okay, so this is why conformity to Christ is necessary. So we when we say prayer changes us, this is literally what we mean. Do you remember the Greek word? That that word means to exchange our will for God's. Like, have you really thought about that? I remember the first time I heard that. I was like, oh, it's like a sucker punch to the gut, in the best way possible. But like, am I really bending to the Lord? Am I really pliable to him? Am I willing to give this up and give it to him? In cooperating with the sanctification process, we can know that we are in God's will. Closeness and conformity to Christ, this is how we best glorify and enjoy him. And these rhythms are changing us through the power of the Spirit. And not only in the here and now, but they're preparing us for eternity to be with him the way that he designed. So, to start us off today, I'd like you to think about what most naturally drives you to prayer. Like, in your everyday life, out in the wild, you don't even have to try, okay? Like, what sort of thing just, like, sends you to prayer? Is anyone willing to share? Distress. Distress. Yes. Absolutely. Anxiety. Anxiety? Motherhood. Motherhood. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Those are all very much in response to our needs, right? Our lack. We realize we're smacked in the face, like, I can't do this. So I want you to see today that prayer is a right response to dealing with or processing the things that are happening around us and inside of us. We started talking about this briefly before, but this is where we're going to focus today. Prayer is a right response to dealing with or processing the things that are happening around us and inside of us. And in fact, we carry a lot of unnecessary weight, and <laughs> I'm preaching to myself here too, about, with, with not going to God first. We try to carry things ourselves. We try to do things ourselves until we are utterly laid out bare. The sooner we admit our lack, the sooner we're in a position to receive his grace. And before we go on, I want to clarify something. So we've been learning about training ourselves in intentional rhythms, specifically about prayer here the last few weeks. So that requires intentionality and commitment that's not based on feelings, right? So, for instance, if you decide your prayer goal at the end of this unit is, I'm going to talk to the Lord every morning before I pick up my phone, okay? Just one example. And then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, "Mm, I'm just not feeling this today, you know? And you're like, well, I don't want to be fake. Like, I'm not just going to do it to do it. So, okay, just whatever, and just pick up my phone, okay? Maybe tomorrow, like, I'll be feeling it. I'll be feeling more spiritual when I wake up. Like, that is exactly the type of thinking we're trying to correct, okay? This is discipline. These rhythms are not about waiting until you feel like it. We're trying to learn a new pattern so that it becomes more of a new normal. And that takes some effort. But what we're talking about today is that 95% of your day is just out there, lived in the wild, with your people, in your places. And we never want our communion with the Lord to be contained to this like set amount of time that I have, you know, set aside to be in the Word or pray. That is not the intention either. Do you know this scene? How um, you can feel super peaceful and steady after spending time with the Lord, and then like no sooner do you get out of that chair that somebody crosses you and you just like lose your bananas on them, like, and you're like, what just happened here? <laughs> Friends, the Lord wants to meet us even in those spaces, okay? And here's the thing. These rhythms that we build into the unseen places of our lives, like with intentionality, that overflows into all these different like reactionary areas of our everyday life. These train us to remember and realign with him at any point throughout the day. Like we've got to stay connected to him. If we don't pray or read any scripture between Sundays, like we're not going to experience closeness or conformity with him. So when it comes to prayer, these two categories, if you will, of disciplined rhythms and spontaneous response are not divorced from one another. They're absolutely integrated, and God designed it this way. His intention was never just to like fill you up while you're sitting in that chair and then, like, good luck, hope you can figure it out the rest of the day. Like, that is not how he has designed this. He is God with us. His spirit indwells the believer, and his presence is as close as our next breath. So when we are about to lose our bananas... But because of the time we've spent with the Lord, the Spirit prompts us to pray. Like, God, help me. I am, I I can't do this. Like, I want to be more like you and less like me. Like, that's what it looks like in that knee-jerk reaction, that we turn to him in that time of need. This is really what Paul means when he says to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I've always thought, like, doesn't he know how much I have to do? Like, but no, it's that we have an intentional rhythm of prayer, but then we stay close throughout the day. We turn to him frequently, regularly. That's how he designed this relationship. And just like any habit, this becomes more and more natural. We begin to taste the fruit of that holiness, of closeness and conformity to Christ. I remember, like, I just had this random revelation one day. There was this reoccurring issue with one of my kids, and I was trying to handle it on my own. Like, I thought I knew what to do, but it wasn't working. And I had the idea, like, why don't I use this as, like, a red flag? Like, hey, you need the Lord (laughs) if you're going to respond correctly. And it was kind of a novel thought, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I I can't tell you the difference it has made. Like, I don't do this perfectly. It's not every time. But there's like a new knee jerk reaction in there that's like, wait, just shut up for a minute. And like, Lord, I need help. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it just changes the way that I'm thinking about the situation as well. So we often think about these areas of lack as what drives us to prayer. But what about His grace? What would it look like to turn to the Lord spontaneously in gratitude or in praise? for who he is or what he's done. So maybe it's that your heart is stirred with love for a friend or a family member. And you're like, thank you, Lord, for this sweet gift of this person in my life. Or when the sunrise takes your breath away one morning, it's, God, you are majestic in holiness. Like, you're the creator and sustainer of all things. Like, I want to live like that's true today. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He is the giver of all good gifts in your life. Do you realize that the things that bring you joy and delight and hope and encouragement are meant to redirect you back to your Father's heart? Like our joy and delight was never meant to culminate on that gift itself. But as we talked about, the opposite of this is often our lived reality. It's often our lack that really drives us to prayer. And pain of all shapes and sizes just confronts us with the brokenness of this world and our inability to fix it. It's a huge gaping hole of lack. And when you're in, a, in an intense season of suffering that may be prolonged in some regards, That can just feel like salt is being poured in that wound over and over and over again. And oftentimes these lifelines of prayer, scripture, the family of God are like the only things that tether us to hope. These are the things we should rightly reach for when things are terribly hard. But there are also other gaping holes of lack what about our anger problems or our jealousy our bitterness our pride do you realize God wants to be invited into those spaces too like part of growing in holiness means that we really start to see our sin for what it is and this is his grace to illuminate the places in our hearts and minds that are still darkened by sin Are you willing to submit that to the Lord? Or are you holding on to it because you're entitled to feel that way? I would also just add, if you have no idea what your sin looks like in everyday life, start just by asking the Spirit to show you. Like when we're serious about pursuing Christ and growing in holiness, we have got to be aware of the things that are in us that stand opposed to God and His goodness. And that is a prayer he delights to answer. When it comes to our sin, I think there are two things we often forget. The first one is that God created us, guys. He wired up our hearts and our minds and our bodies, and he knows how they're meant to work, and he knows how they're broken. This is not foreign to him. And the second thing is, is that Christ paid for that sin. Like, there is not room for shame and guilt in the life of the believer. So when we feel that conviction from the Spirit, the right response is confession and repentance. We don't wallow in the shame. We say, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, I've realigned with you, and I want to turn from this and turn back to you. He doesn't expect us to have it all together. That's something we put on ourselves. He wants us to come to him quickly with both our sin and our heavy, heavy emotions. Do you know how music often resonates with us in times like this? It's just like it sets those hard emotions to melody and poetry. And somehow that just hits us differently, or maybe it helps us to articulate something that we just did not have the words for before. God made us this way, and God also gave his people a songbook, a prayer book. And there is no emotion that is off limits in the Psalms. The Psalms teach us that it is good to acknowledge our pain, both of our sin and of the brokenness of the world, that it's okay to struggle, it's okay to feel deeply. But the context of all of that is that these aren't just poems or songs, they're prayers. These are words inspired by the Spirit. So we're to be working those things out with God. That's how he's designed us to process all of that heaviness that we face in life. In our skill time today, we're going to be learning two ways to pray Scripture back to the Lord, and we're going to use the Psalms. And we find all manner of prayer in the Psalms, right? Praise, thanksgiving, lament, confession, truly wrestling and realigning with the Lord. And in your homework this week, you're going to be working with Psalm 5, which is actually a psalm of lament. Do you know what lament even is? It's this gracious gift of our Lord, um, a style of prayer that helps us to deal with our pain really honestly and raw, but yet also reorients us to truth. So you're going to see an example of that and be working with that. So in the same way that you would reach for a song to help you process your emotions, so you can reach for the psalms in prayer. And I just find something that's very relieving about just being able to lean on the word of God. Like even if I don't have the words, I can just lean on the word of God and trust the spirit to communicate those groanings to the Father. And I really got to thinking about how the genre of this book of psalms is so unique. Like God gave his people this language. And this is what they have how they've been communicating with him for thousands of years. And I was kind of like, I should pay attention to this. (laughs) Like, this is a language I want to become fluent in. And so I made a playlist of the Psalms, like we've referenced before. Just we really need these words to just saturate our hearts and minds. Scripture informs and forms our prayers, and God designed these means of grace to work together to sanctify us in the context of relationship with him. This is a good, good gift. Okay, so are you ready to see what this looks like? We can pray all different types of scripture, but the Psalms are definitely the easiest to learn, okay? So there are a lot of ways to do this, but I'm going to show you two methods. Two methods. And you can take your pick, or you can use both, depending on the day, all right? So the first method um, I call direct pray back. So this is where you pretty much pray the psalm as it's written. So kind of like I've been praying those written prayers at the end, these words aren't original to me, but I can enter into that thought process and join my heart with that prayer. So you're praying the psalm as it's written. You might change the pronouns a little bit, You might summarize the thought of a verse. If the Lord, you know, if something else comes to mind, like a phrase or something, just stick it in there. You know, it's okay. But generally, you're just kind of echoing the words of the psalmist. So, a few points to remember here it's okay to skim if certain verses don't resonate with you and to spend more time on the ones that do. Okay, just be free in that. Also, there's a lot of talk about enemies in the Psalms. Have you noticed this? I picked a psalm that has enemies in it today, so we're going to see what that looks like. Um, so we don't have time to unpack all of that right now. But generally speaking, when you see this, think of it as those who stand opposed to God. Okay? So essentially, it's often a cry for justice in the psalms, that God would make things right. And that's something we can all align with on varying levels. And sometimes, even depending on the verse, I'll think of it in the context of the spiritual realm and just be praying... Um, for protection and deliverance against the spiritual forces of evil that involved in our world. So as you'll see, this kind of brings everything we talked about together. We want to be on the lookout for God's character. we want to be thinking about that, looking for those timeless truths, and then uh, we're meditating on those things as we pray and processing the emotions that arise as we go through that. So it's all within that framework. So um, I'm going to show you a little bit what this looks like. I'm using Psalm 54. It's on your tables if you want to follow along with it. Um, so you could think of this as you're reading over it. If, like, a specific situation comes to mind and you're like, wow, this really speaks to something I'm facing right now, then maybe that's how you resonate with this psalm and that's how you pray. Or maybe you're thinking of it in the context of salvation, of what Christ has done for you. That's a right way to think of it as well, Okay. So um, really, we're just thinking about what we're saying, meditating on those truths, and responding accordingly. So all I did was printed this out, and as I was reading it, I just kind of like scribbled some different pronouns and thoughts as I was reading through it. So this is um, how I would pray this song. Save me, O God, by your name, because of who you are. Vindicate me by your might. You hear my prayer, O God. You listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me, people without regard for God. But surely, God, you are my help. You are the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them, for you rule in justice and righteousness. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Sin and death have been defeated. Thank you, King Jesus. Okay, so do you see it can be as simple as that. You're just allowing the words of the psalmist to guide you in your prayer. Now, the second method I like to call springboard prayer. This is where the psalm is your guide but then you let your mind wander, being sensitive to the Spirit's leading. So you simply go verse by verse, just pausing after each verse and seeing what comes to mind. So you might end up using only one or two verses with this method if your mind is just flooded with thoughts after you read a phrase or a verse. And I really like this method personally when I'm trying to pray, but I have so much on my mind it brings focus by tethering you to the scriptures but it also allows for just like a random assortment of subject matter you don't have to try to organize it so whatever you're thinking about is most likely going to come up okay as you're praying through these words but you're doing so under the guidance of the spirit and just with the language of scripture and that's just really cool to me Um, also a disclaimer this is not how we interpret and apply scripture (laughs) I feel the need to say that. Um, we never want to make the text say something it's not meant to say. This is simply a way to let the scripture guide your thoughts and use it as a springboard for prayer. Okay? So, this to, to show you this example, it's kind of weird because it's super like personalized and customized for what you're thinking about. But I'm just going to give you an example um, of how you might think about it. So, I literally am only using verses 1 and 2 because there's a bazillion different ways you could go with this, okay? So the verse 1 says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. So maybe the phrase, save me, jumps out to you. And maybe that's a particular situation where you're feeling trapped or misunderstood or just needing deliverance in some way. And so that's where your mind goes. You don't have to analyze it. Just pray. Like just talk to God about that and work through that with him. Or maybe that phrase um, brings someone to mind that you're praying for their salvation. Maybe the phrase, or maybe the word might stands out to you. And maybe that just kind of is a pause, and you're just like, wow, I just need to stop and just meditate on the power of God, how He is the only infinite one. Um, So maybe this prompts a memory of the past, of a time where you saw God move in a way that seemed impossible. And so you're reflecting on that. You're thanking him and praising him for that. Or maybe you're feeling powerless in a certain situation, and so his might is a great comfort to you. So you just need to sit with that. Be like, Lord, realign me to this truth, okay? Verse 2, hear my prayer, O God, and listen to the words of my mouth. Maybe if you were to be honest, you're in a season where you don't feel heard by God. And so the timeless truth of this verse is that God hears us and is attentive to us is something that you're like, wait, like, I'm not okay with that reality right now. And so it makes you pause and stop. And that's where you spend your time with the Lord, working through that. Or maybe... Um, this is a totally different direction. Maybe you're reflecting on the way the Lord is attentive to you, and you're suddenly like pierced with conviction, like, man, I have not been a good listener to my kids while they're talking to me lately. And so it brings to light, like, oh, this is an area of sin where I'm not imaging God well to my people. And so you actually end up spending time in confession, Just because of, hear my prayer, oh God, listen to the words in my mouth. You see, like, it really can just go anywhere. So I just find that's helpful when I'm feeling really cluttered. So hopefully one of those two um, ways would resonate with you. So what we're going to do now is, um, because this is like a very personalized thing, I'm going to give you about five minutes of silence here. Um, I'll put some music on. But if you just want to take Psalm 54 and just pick one of the ways... To practice and just silently with the Lord either just work through the whole text or pick maybe just one or two verses and just sit with it. What does this tell me about God? What does this tell me about what's really real? And what does this bring up in me? Okay. So just take about five minutes to practice that now. Okay. If we can bring it back together. And that's something you can keep practicing, take into your quality time, too, with the Lord today. Um, hopefully you find one of those two things helpful. So what we're going to do for the last five minutes, um, we're at the end of another unit, so I would like you to take some time at your tables and share any and all ideas for prayer. Okay, Any tips, that things that you found helpful, Um, so that we can compile one of those lists again and I'll send that out to you as you think through like what one step do I want to take in this this, uh, subject matter two other things I want to mention before I turn you loose is that on the back counter over there I have two resources for you one of them is a QR code that will link you to my Psalms playlist on Spotify if you want to get in on that Um, And the other thing is I found a chart online of psalms to pray based on where you're at emotionally, okay? So you can take one of those with you, and hopefully that will be helpful to you as well. So instead of reaching for something else when you're feeling a certain way, you can pick up the word and find some solace there, okay? So take the next five minutes. I'll call you back. Somebody please write down or type in your phone so I can get everybody's ideas then, okay?